positive mental training, change of vocabulary. We want to change the things that we see. Change what you hear. When you change your mindset, everything changes. Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to Mindset with Coach Joe. I am your host, attorney, entrepreneur, teacher, coach, mentor, and the father of four beautiful daughters. Remember to check out our website at pti.coach. You can find all of these podcasts and a host of other valuable information to find peace in your mind. Because as we say here, change your mindset, change your life. I'm very excited today. We're going to be conducting an interview with Coach Ron Langella. Our topic today is called The Car Ride Home. Yes, the car ride home. This is a hot topic item, especially in our current climate. And my guest today has an enormous amount of experience, both on and off the field as a teacher, a mentor, a coach, an educator. And he's going to provide his experiences and some insight into this infamous car ride home. But before we begin, let me tell you a little bit about Coach Ronnie so you can get a feel and an understanding of the coach that's going to be part of this interview and the experiences that he's going to share with you. So Coach Ronnie played collegiate football at Wagner College, and he won a national championship with that program. He had his championship ring to this day, and he talks about it very proudly. He went on to become a physical education teacher and has been at West Babylon High School for almost 30 years, very long time. While at West Babylon, he has coached football, and then about four or five years ago, he transitioned over to girls' basketball. In the last five years, he's really exhilarated the girls' basketball program by introducing his concepts into the way the girls think, the way they behave, and the way they perform. His approach is all about love, caring, accountability, and responsibility. He's very honest with his players, and he delivers his message with a certain caring demeanor. I've actually watched him. I've listened to his speeches. The girls listen with intensity. They have their eyes right on them, and he tells them right up front, says, I care about you, and that's why I'm very honest with you. As the coach of this wonderful basketball team, in the last year he went on to the Final Four and competed in the state finals. Yes, this little basketball team from West Babylon, Coach Ronnie was able to go up against all the big guns in Long Island, went up into the Final Four, into the state finals in upstate New York. An unprecedented task, not having been done in the last 30 years at West Babylon. So in those three short years, Coach Ron was able to deliver his message of caring, responsibility, accountability, to deliver that team to the state Final Four in upstate New York. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So welcome and thank you very much, Coach Langella, for being here. Appreciate you coming to talk to us about the car ride home. Thank you for having me, Joe. It's exciting. I've listened to many of your podcasts in the past, and it's it's a great opportunity to be here. So so this concept, the car ride home, so uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit, and, and we go back and forth. We talk about mindset and the power of the mind, and we always talk about parents and how to ease the mind of, of players, right? Yes. So so tell me a little bit about how this concept came uh, came to you. I think it came to me from experiencing with my own daughter. Uh, my daughter played high-level travel lacrosse and went on to play uh, Division One lacrosse. Um, and I found it to be stress, more stressful in the car than it was at times on the field. Um, I think the pressure of the questions after the game by me um, – was overdoing it and bringing anxiety and undue pressure to her as an athlete where it didn't really need to be coming after a game. Yeah, so, you know, I, you and I were talking about this. I experienced the same thing 
obviously I have four daughters. I beat you out by two more. So, but yeah, early in my career, I remember some of those car ride homes. Uh, they were definitely a lot different than the current car ride homes. So, tell us about that experience with your daughter and and what changed. I think the it, what changed was that I felt like I was overdoing it. I wasn't supporting her emotionally, uh, where she, in a way where she needed to let it go. Okay. Uh, the game was over. The tournament was over. There were eight games in two days. And I really felt that at one point, the last thing, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, she needed emotionally was to continue to talk about the games and what I thought she did or didn't do well. I don't think parents understand the pressure that's on these kids these days to perform. Um, they're out there probably at least three to four days a week trying to perfect their craft. And I think the car ride home is a spot where things should be, should just be let go and dropped. Um, I also believe that the power of the, the conversation should be put in the kids' hands. So when you realized this, was there any aha moment that you had? What was going on with your conversations? Were they becoming more anxious and more stressful? And can you tell us what did you do to change that car ride home conversation. I think the change came when my daughter said to me, don't you think I know how I did? Ah, and I, and I listened to that and I said, you know what? She's right. She played it. She's played it long enough to know I did well. I did okay. I did really well. Um, and when she said that to me, I said, you know what? She's right. She knows. And sometimes I don't think we give the, the student or the or child enough respect to let them dictate the conversation in a way that's healthy really emotionally healthy for them yeah that's a great point so can you tell our listeners what you did to change the way the car ride home was after you had that aha moment and you were lucky because your daughter had the the comfort level with you as her father to kind of say that to you yeah i think it got to the point where i just said grace i i'm proud of you and you did really well today and I think if she wanted to extend the conversation, it was in her hands. I didn't, I didn't probe or pry. And we had discussed this. And I said, I'm going to stop asking questions about what I think you think you did or right or wrong. And I'm going to just say to you, I think you did well, and I'm proud of you. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can ask me questions on what I think you did well or didn't do well. And I really put the power in her hands. I put, you know, it's a tool that I think parents need to step back a little bit and give their kids the opportunity to dictate whether this is going to happen over the next hour and a half, maybe sometimes three hours if you're at a Maryland or you're in Connecticut um, <laughs> and you're basically trapped and there's nowhere for the kid to go other than to answer your questions. Yeah, that, that could be exhausting. I, I could see myself as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about it and saying, wow, I, I would not want to be in that car and if my mom or dad were grilling me about a particular game, and you're right, I'm sitting there on, uh, you know, I-90 or, you know, I-95, and I'm like, wow, this is going to be hours of this. You know, this could be exhausting. So when you say you put the power in your daughter's hands, we talked about it. Uh, you said, you know, Joe, I think less is more. Right. And it's pretty profound, less is more. Could help us understand what you mean by that. Yeah, I think I mean, the less is more, I just think that at some point it has to be turned off. It has to be less conversation about the, the sport. The travel atmosphere is, is daunting enough. The coaching is at a high level. 
And I think once that you become the parent again and turn it off and less meaning more would be the less you talk about it, the more beneficial it is to the kid. And the less that the kid has to discuss it, the more beneficial it is. The questions and whys and how comes and what do you think your coach did when he took you out? Just, it needs to stop. Interesting, yeah. So instead of grilling them as to what was occurring during the game, just allow them to play the game the way they played it. And then if they want to talk about the game, then you can you know, kind of, you know, voice your opinion or get involved in it. Is right. that what you mean? Yes, 100%. Interesting. So we were talking about this as well. You and I said, you know, uh, a baseball player. We, we've always, I remember in Little League, people yelling out, just throw strikes. And I would always chuckle as a coach and say, isn't the kid trying to throw a strike? I never understood that one, just throw strikes. And the other thing is you said, you know, how do I ask a lacrosse player, you know, how did you miss that shot? Right. Right. What what is the what is the productive nature of asking a lacrosse player, how did you miss the shot? So when we think about it, it's like rhetorical, right? The lacrosse player is supposed to look at us and go, Well, what what are you talking about? How did I miss the shot? I took the shot and I missed. Right. It's similar to when I was a football coach and you know, you'd always get like, Well, why did you call that play? I never called a play that I didn't think would be successful. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I didn't call a pass because I knew it would be intercepted, <laughs> or I didn't call a run knowing that the kid would fumble on the two yard line. So I think it's it's the same as what you're saying. Like, how did you miss? I don't think any of these kids go out and try to do anything on purpose. Right, the missed shot, the, the through the legs ground ball. I mean, I, as a coach of a high school basketball team, um, I will put on YouTube videos of guys making thirty to forty million dollars a year who shoot the same air ball. My 14-year-old girls do. Right. That's so, great. I mean, there is, it's human nature. People are going to make mistakes. And I think the worst thing that you could do is to remind a kid in that atmosphere in the car of the mistake and ask him, how did that happen? Like he almost wanted it to happen. Yeah, because you and I talked about it. You know, a basketball player, she, you know, she's trying to make that three or that two or whatever with a layup. And if you keep grilling her as to, you know, how did you miss that or why did you miss it? You and I discussed, you said, Joe, you're going to create anxiety in the player to whereby the player is not going to take the shot. And as a coach, that's the worst thing that I can, you know, have happen, right? Correct. If, if a kid's thinking he's not going to be successful um, in any sport, you know, you got to swing to be a hitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say to kids all the time, who has the most hits in, in MLB history? Pete Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Who has the most outs? Pete Rose. <laughs> So it is, there's a correlation to swinging and being a hitter, shooting and being a scorer, right? Uh, shooting a lacrosse ball and being a scorer. You can't have the pressure, the external pressure of what is somebody in the stands thinking if I miss this right now? Very cool. That's interesting. It's a good point. So let's talk about how we can give our listeners, because a lot of what I like to do in this podcast is I like to talk about ideas, but I do also like to provide practical information and exercises because I think that one thing we try to do with our podcast is make sure that our listeners come away with something where, okay, I could use something that I just learned. You and I were talking about Big Mike, and maybe he can help us in this conversation if he doesn't mind, but he has an exercise with his son, uh, who's a baseball player, 
and maybe he could describe the exercise, which you thought was great, and then we can expand it into some other sports. So, um, so Mike, can you help us out here? I think this is the first time I've actually been on, Joe. I, I think well, maybe I, I may have drawn one or two little snippets <laughs> in the past, but you have the key to the to the the the, the golden chalice right now. And so. it can be yours for a simple nineteen ninety five. Let's go on, Coach Joe M. No, no, no. So I was just bringing up, you know, Joe's actually coached my daughter for many, many years in softball, but I have a, a son, Brandon, who's uh, nine, just about to be ten. Plays for a travel team, and he really, really enjoys it. It's his favorite sport, so. I can't take credit for coming up with it, but I did see somewhere, probably on a YouTube video or you know a Facebook post or something, where the idea is you both wear your baseball hats on the way to the game in the car. And that means open conversation about the game that's coming up. Uh, attitude, maybe, you know, things they've been working on at practice, that kind of thing. And then after the game, he has the choice. And if he has his baseball cap on, that means that he's willing to talk about what just happened at the game. And if he takes his baseball cap off, that means he doesn't want to talk about it. And I respect that. So we have the parameters built in because if it's a negative experience, there's very little productive in my mind that can come out of it (laughs) right after it just ended. And we were talking about that earlier. However, if it's a positive experience, and there's always a positive to figure out, to find out. If the effort was great, but three physical errors happened, even if he takes his hat off, I'm praising him for the effort because I feel like there's always a positive to be to be had, but we don't discuss it. Then we'll talk about where we're going to go get lunch or his friend's house that he's going to later. If he takes his hat off, that means he probably had a a negative experience in the game. And it's self-evident, as you were speaking of before, that they know what they did. They just ended a game on a a ground ball through the legs or they got thrown out stealing because they missed a sign. And of course they know what's going on. So the the benefits talking about it there is to me none. So it puts the power in his hands if he wants to discuss it or not. So that's a great great exercise. I think <clears throat> that's a perfect segue because Coach Ron, you were talking about balance of power, and you were saying let's give the power to the, um, the son or daughter, the student athlete or the athlete that's playing. And what Mike is doing is he's giving his son the power to say, hey, dad, I want to talk about the game, so it's all open, or dad, I don't want to talk about the game. Right. Um, so I think that that's that, that's a perfect segue here. So, Coach Ron, what do you think about that exercise? I think that's one of the greatest um, tools I've ever heard of. I mean, I used it verbally. We made a We made a contract, my daughter and I, that I was going to just say I was proud of her and I thought you played well, and in our verbal contract, it was if she wanted to continue that conversation, she had the power was hers. Mike's is his contract is his hat. Great. Um, he gave his son the ability to determine if he's going to speak or not based on where his baseball hat is. And I think that's a great parenting tool. And I think it's also important, like I said, to give these kids the opportunity to make the decision whether they want to talk about this or not. And I'm not saying you never talk about it. But at some point, you can come around to it. Maybe it's at lunch. Maybe it's at the Panera Bread when everybody just ordered and you're sitting down and say, hey, you know, that 3-2 fastball, you know, what were you thinking there? Mm-hmm. There's, but the, the point of, that, of the car ride is that may not be the spot. It could be the spot once in a while. It can't be the spot every time. For me, the best spot, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, is when I'm taking them out to do work. And then right. I can incorporate the last game right. into that work. And it, right. it, it, it can come up so organically. It's, a te- it's more of a teaching. Right. Right. Exactly right. Unless, and I said this before to you guys, unless it's an effort or an attitude issue, then I don't wait right. too long. 
Right. Because okay. if it's a physical thing, if it's something that happened in a game, if it's something that put them off, that's fine. But if it's something where there was an obvious lack of effort, we'll take the car ride home without the hat on. But the hat's going on not too far later because to me that's important to drive home. Right. And I'm not yelling at the kid. You know right. me as a, yeah. as a sports parent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yelling at the kid. You know, we're talking about it. We're discussing it. Um, and luckily, it's not usually an issue with him. And maybe this has something to do with it. That's certain non-negotiables, attitude and effort right. we always talk about. Yeah, I, I believe that the, that's a great point because character, sports exposes your character, right? And in the worst times, losses are the greatest exposure of your character that there could be. And I'm not saying don't parent your son or your daughter. I'm saying pick your spots. And in an, in an effort like – in a instance like that when Mike's saying you know if the body language was poor that needs to be addressed mm -hmm. but it needs to be addressed at the right time okay. I mean it, this gives you great opportunities to parent your children in the direction you want to parent them because they're going to have days where the body language is bad and the attitude may be off and that needs to be addressed but it needs to be addressed at the right time. Plus, they probably just got it from a coach as soon as the game ended. Correct. At the meeting that they right, had they that's did 20 that. minutes at the end of every Correct. game. Correct. So, so we have two. So Mike's got the exercise with the hat, which is great. Ron, you had a, a, a verbal contract with your daughter. I think if you have a lacrosse player, we were talking about you could put the lacrosse stick either in the trunk, which means I don't want to talk about it. Correct. Maybe you could put the lacrosse stick in the back seat. Maybe that's a cue to the parent. Okay, I'm good talking about it. If you're a football player, you could figure out a way. Maybe you're holding the football in your hand in the car while the football is in the trunk. Correct. So we've given you a couple of examples to you know use it the way you want it. But the key is, I think, which is my next point that I wanted to talk to you about, is you then said to me, Coach Joe, you got to make sure you honor the deal. Correct. As the most important piece. And I remember you talking to Julia about some deals, and, and I remember you specifically saying, Julia, you good with this? Okay, Joe, are you good with this? Correct. Joe, you better make sure you honor the deal or I'm going to be on you. So talk to us about honoring the deal yeah, and how important honoring the deal with your son or daughter is. Correct. I, I, again, these kids are looking up to us. Um, we're making a contract, you know, an unwritten contract with them. And if you want to teach them about values and, and respect, respect the contract. You're the adult. They're the child. We understand that. And you, you're going to teach them things that are important and not important. But when it comes to this, respect the deal. If that's the deal, the deal is a deal. And I think that the parents have to honor it. I, I think that once it's broken, what have you really taught your kid? You're using all these sports. As, I want to teach them hard work. And I want to teach them respect. But you can't respect the fact that you made a contract with your son or daughter, and you're going to break it in the third the third trip home. Right. So honor the deal is a big part of this too. Yeah, because I think it kind of brings it all together, right? Correct. So it's one we're giving our son or daughter the power to have the discussion in the car ride home. Second, we're coming up with the mechanism by which we are going to determine this hat, verbal contract, whatever it is that we decide. And third, the most important piece, we now connect this together by honoring the deal. And, you know, the reason I wanted this interview is I think that this is so valuable in more ways than we're discussing. And I think you just touched on it. If you're going to be an example to your son or daughter about commitment, loyalty, right, you have to walk the walk. 
Correct. Is that really what you're trying to tell our listeners? Correct. If you're going to make a contract, honor the contract. I can't say it any simpler. It's mm-hmm. important that your son or your daughter says, hey, you know what? How, how, what a great teachable moment for them to say, hey, he made a deal with me and kept it. He kept his word. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put the hat on, we spoke. I didn't put the hat on, we didn't speak. That was our contract. That's what he did. He's teaching me how to be respectful of of my decision. We made this decision, and he's teaching me all the other things that he always talks about: respect, responsibility. He's showing me by his actions what I should be acting like as a, as a person. Thank you. That's great. Interesting. So the last piece, Coach, is to honor the deal, be the example to your son and daughter. Give them that power to make the decision as to whether they want to talk about the game. Thank you very much for that insight. I really appreciate it. That was, that was great. So uh, stay tuned for part two of this interview, which we're going to bring to you shortly. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed delivering the information to you. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Coach Joe M. Give us a like, but you can also follow us on the website at pti.coach, where the body meets the mind.